Hi friends! Have you been thinking of starting your own podcast? We use Anchor to post our episodes and it offers so many amazing benefits. First of all, it's completely free to use. Yes, it's free. And it also gives you the option to clip your episodes straight from the app or on the dashboard. So it makes it a really convenient one-stop shop. Anchor is also a Spotify program, so that means your show will post to Spotify automatically. And you also have the option to post to any other platform through the RSS feed link. This gives you full range of all the podcast platforms to get your show out there. The best part is that Anchor gives you all of the analytics directly linked to their platform. So you can post, edit, and track your show's progress all in one place. So try Anchor today for free now at anchor.fm. That's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R F-M. Creeps and freaks. Creepies and freakies. <laughs> this is the struggle bus known as the In the Nick of Crime podcast. <laughs> I thought I had it together. I did it. Sorry. <laughs> I am sick. Courtney and I are both very much more than normal slap happy. Overstimulated and run down. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm very yeah. overstimulated. Yes. Overstimulated. Overstimulated. <laughs> overstimulated. Okay. <laughs> This is going to be fun. Hi. Hi. We did get compliments today, though, about how we, like, have a little bit of conversation and talk to our listeners and yeah. how people enjoy that. And then our humor. You guys are our friends. We bring you into our lives. Yes. Not really. You guys don't really know shit about us, but we keep it that way on purpose. <laughs> you don't know us. You don't know me. <laughs> we do talk about things. Yeah. Like some things, but it's, you know, surface level. Yeah. Because we like to keep our... Our shit. Our life separate a little bit, you know? Sometimes. You know? Sometimes. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the day when somebody recognizes me. <laughs> like, oh my god. Are you that girl from the In the Nick of Crime podcast? Are you like, yes, I am. Do you want me to sign something? How did you recognize my face? You only ever hear my voice. <laughs> and I'm a cartoon character on my thumbnail, so. <laughs> Sorry. Oh god, I hate us. I hate us too. <laughs> anyway, I think we should just. Get started? Get shit going, because this is going to be day. fun to get through. Um, I feel like we had something that we needed to address off the top, but I don't remember what it was. I don't know. I don't either. Yeah. There's been a lot of, like, current true crime events. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. A, a very, very large amount. Yeah. Like, it's just been There's a, a missing lot. family. There's yes. that, um, was it Harvard? Student? Princeton. Princeton. Yes. I posted Student. about her on our Twitter account yep. today. That case, like, something's wrong. That does not make any sense to me. Nope. So hopefully her autopsy will bring some answers to her family. Yep. And then Quentin, out, Quentin Simon, that little baby. I know. Out in Georgia. And then his shitbag mom. Okay, this is me casting judgment before anything has been proven, but come on, y'all. Like, Truthfully. We know. <clears throat> we know. And then that 
freaking influencer that stabbed her boyfriend. Yeah. What is happening? Dude, I'm telling you, the well, world know, is like, imploding. Right. And I know this is, like, a poor place to get your information, but I'm never on Facebook, but I always, like, scroll through just, like, the articles because I actually get a lot of true crime ideas for, like, our weekly fuckery and stuff yeah. from there. And I know, like, now I'm getting an algorithm where it's, like, targeted, so I'm seeing more of it. But even then, it's, like, shit is fucking going crazy right now. Yeah, it's wild. It's crazy. And um, Brittany Drexel, the killer in her case, he was mm-hmm. convicted. Yep. He's saying, I was a monster. And like, no, you're still a monster. No, you are you're one. still a monster. Nice yeah. try, though. Once the dust has settled on that, I do want to cover her case. But oh, yeah. family needs... Need some time. To decompress. Need some time. So with all of that, like, I mean, that was a little nugget of a bunch of fuckery that's happening. But yeah. what do you have? Oof. Ooh, girl, speaking this is of the true, true crime world, excitement. This pump. So, what episode was it? Seven. Seven. Episode seven. I think so. Hold on, let me double check. Uh, yes. Because I'm going to put it in the sheer notes, too. Yeah, episode, episode seven. seven. Okay. So, our episode seven, I covered the Christian Smart case, mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. We knew that there was a lot of stuff going on that we just didn't have answers to yet. Yeah, Paul and Flores. it was right on the heels. It was when this, right I think on it. Was it was like right before jury selection. It was, it yeah. was. And Paul Flores um, is being on trial for her murder. And then his mm-hmm. dad actually was also supposed to go to trial, but he did not go to trial. I thought he did, but they ended up separating it. No, he, they are already separated, but his dad uh, was acquitted. Of yeah. being an accessory to murder. Right, but it was after trial. Um, yeah, a second jury uh, heard evidence uh, or evidence at the same time during the twelve week trial of the of both of them. Yeah, and there was reasonable doubt that he had helped his son cover up the crime by burying Smart's body underneath right. his house and his deck and keeping the remains for years. Yeah, so he did. He was on trial too. He was just yeah. Was he was acquitted. Yeah, um, but if you guys don't know. Um, so Kristen Smart went missing when she was 19 in May of 1996. She was at um, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo College. And uh, two decades have gone by with no answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, long story short is, is that there's Paul Flores who attended school at the same time as her, who was seen with her before she went missing. He was the last person to be seen with her. Yes, he was the last person to be seen with her. And however, unfortunately, due to just some really poor campus... Yeah, because it was put to the campus police. Correct. Rather than to the the real police. Which I get. I'm not lessening what campus police does, but, like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, unfortunately, a lot of time was lost. Yes. There was no proof that he had anything to do with it. I'm not really sure what busted this case open two decades later. We never really came to that conclusion. I know. I need to actually listen to the trial stuff and listen to the coverage that they did on Your Own Backyard. That, too. Listen to that podcast. Yeah, and I think Your Own Backyard is kind of what got the coverage of her case yeah. reopened to but the sense did, of like, like there was something that they were able to finally get enough right. to make an arrest because they've had their suspicions of him for years and years and years he's but been they, a number one suspect for a hot exactly, minute exactly but they hadn't had enough to actually make an arrest but then they, they did guys 
And he went to trial, and he was found guilty of first-degree murder, even though there is no body evidence. In and that. that's huge. Huge. In California, too. Oh, uh, yeah, of first all First-degree murder conviction without a body being found. Fucking mind-blowing. Right. I still wonder if she is under his mom's deck. I don't I know. They've like, already they searched. Yeah, they've already searched. I think they the, took her body and got rid of it, personally. But I feel like the only way they wouldn't have found it is if he burned her body. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And if the remains were that old, it would be easy to do. But her family has closure. Yep. And that's what's important. And he got his fucking shit rocked. He did. the justice system. He did. And I was so happy to finally see, like, true justice given in a situation. Because. Yep. Because, yeah, he was accused of rape. Yeah. I should have trigger warning that. Many times. he was accused of rape. Before and after that happened. Yep. And he was clearly not a good guy. He was also pretty sure he was charged with assault on other things too. Yep. But, yeah, so. But, yeah, he faces about 25 years to life in prison when he's sentenced officially on December 9th. So we'll have an official. the fucking book thrown at him. Fuck me too. I think they want to. I mean, the DA is pretty... Pretty heated on this one. Yeah, he got away with it for way too fucking long. Are you kidding me? Well, that and just like his, I don't know if you remember, but like his attorney was like saying that they couldn't wear the color purple and oh, yeah. all of Fuck that stuff. You. And like, I thought it was so cool because I think it was, I think it was your own backyard posted a post mm-hmm. that somebody posted walked up to post. him posted a post <laughs> somebody walked up to him and gave him one of those ribbons that are like colored for whatever and mm-hmm. they put it on a shirt and it was a purple ribbon yep. it was really like just heartwarming because yeah. he that was her favorite stand. color if exactly. nobody knew that ow it's about my ankle <laughs> um but yeah and then i guess reuben the father has an ankle monitor that he has to wear for 18 months and then they decided to remove it well yeah because he was acquitted yep Damn. Because so, he got... Didn't he get out on bail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure did. I still think he absolutely helped his son. He just unfortunately covered it up too well. But... Which sucks because his, it I'm was sorry, really... Both of his fucking parents knew what was going on because his oh. mom is also a shitbag. She's fucking crazy. Yeah. Excuse my language, but she's crazy. You're really saying, excuse your fucking language? <laughs> <laughs> it's habit, okay? <laughs> Not on this podcast. It's you not. have to remember we I have, that bridge. I got littles around me all the time. I do too, but you never excuse your language when we're recording. I just have been around littles for too long right now, okay? <laughs> uh, so there's yeah. that. But yeah, that's what we have as an update. I'll update again after December 9th when mm-hmm. we finally hear what he's charged with, like what his term, like final charges. Yeah. I hope it's life, personally. Same. Yeah. And I'll link... Because you just had, what, like, three or four decades that you pretty much got away with murder? Being a shitbag. Well, two decades for Kristen, and then previous to that, just potentially sexually assaulting. If not other murders that we just don't know about. Right? Yeah. Unfortunately. But I'll link um, episode seven in the show notes for this, too, so if you want to go back and listen to our coverage of that, and like I said, listen to your own backyard, too. You did such a great job with that. Such a good podcast. Yeah. It's right up there job. with Up and Vanished yep. in my book. I need to catch up on the trial coverage. Yeah, I haven't listened either, but I've been following him on Instagram, so. Yep. Sweet. Well, thank you for bringing us some non-fuckery fuckery. Woo-woo. Yes, here for it. I'm so happy for Me her family. Me too. And then I mean, they just need that last piece. That last little piece. Finally get to put this to bed. 
Yep. Yep. Well, with that, girlfriend, what you got to bring to us today? This one is a doozy. Woof. It's is it a Halloween one again? It is. It is it's Spooktober, man. Spooktober. We're still in it. Um, this one has got some survivor story to it, but it's also got terrible, terrible, terribleness. Ugh. So, there'll okay. be a lot of emotions. Brace yourselves. <sighs> All right. Courtney's going to have to compartmentalize. Here we go. Yeah. I think it'll be okay because most of this is from the perspective of the survivor. So, to me, that helped me kind of... It's always nice if you know it's a survivor case. Yeah. This case takes place in Napa, California in 2004. And it's going to focus on three different women. They were all 26 years old at the time that this happened. So, first we're going to talk about Lauren... I'm just going to call her Lauren M because a lot of what I found was in an ABC interview um, and she had preferred to just be called Lauren or Lauren M. I saw her last name and other things, but I'm just going to leave it at that. We're being respectful. Exactly. Exactly. Lauren was a political science major in college and she was actually an all-star athlete back in her day. I believe it was primarily in high school. And she had a roommate named Adrian Insonia, I believe is how you pronounce it. I try to find pronunciation for it, so I apologize if that is incorrect. But the last name is I-N-S-O-G-N-A. I believe it's Italian. So, Adrian was a civil engineer, and she actually worked for the Napa City Sanitation District. <laughs> you laughed because of the, my facial expression. I, I was like, like, damn. Get it, girl. 26 <laughs> years old. And a civil engineer already working for the city. Like, Let's fucking go. Badass. So the two women had started, um, they came from, you know, different areas, but they had both decided that they wanted to start their careers in Napa, California. Early in 2004, the two women decided that they wanted to rent a house together in Napa's west side. When the two women moved into their new home, Adrian had a friend named Ben Katz that helped them with the moving, and they were later joined by Adrian's best friend, Lily Prudhomme, and Eric Koppel, who was... Lily's boyfriend at the time, I believe. And they, Lily and Eric had come over later for like a celebration, kind of like a housewarming party for all intents and purposes. Later in the summer of the same year, they had a friend named Leslie Mazzara, M-A-Z-Z-A-R-A. Again, I hope that's the right pronunciation. And she ended up moving into the home with Lauren and Adrian. Okay. Leslie was actually a former beauty queen who moved to Napa from South Carolina and she had previously worked in public relations, but she was kind of out in Napa deciding what she wanted to do, how she wanted to move forward. So. Spider-Man is like going wild. I feel like I know this. I actually had not heard of this case before, so I'll be curious if you've had. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, totally but I'm fine. like. Dude, Clinton does that all the time. He's like, dude, like fiercely going through the filing cabinet. The names and like how it was two with, then the third one came and joined. Like that's what's You may know it, honestly, because it like it wasn't it definitely wasn't as easy to find stuff on this case as other ones like I did have to kind of do some sources that I normally wouldn't Mm -hmm. but my main source was an interview like a whole interview that Lauren specifically did so I was like I'm okay with With that going this route as I said now the three women were living together and we know not everything is always sunshine and rainbows with roommates especially with girls all girls is a nightmare yep On October 28th of 2004, the three women actually got into a bit of a tiff throughout the house. Um, Leslie had brought home her boyfriend at the time, and she kept her roommates up with 
noise. <laughs> there. <laughs> Michelle can't just say they were fucking. She gotta say no, they I will. Were. But I'm like, I don't know who's listening. They're boning. They're doing it. They were getting freaky diggy in yeah. the sheets. Uh, doing it. Bumping uglies. Bumping. That's one of my favorite <laughs> reggae bands. <laughs> so this was actually the first night that any of the women had brought home a partner. So it's kind of just like. We haven't really set, like, boundaries or expectations or kind of, like, you know, how we would like to be respectful to our roommates with this. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're all 26-year-old women and Leslie and, or no, I'm sorry, Adrian and Lauren had decided, you know, it's okay. It is what it is. We'll just suck it up, which... I had hair many, many a night (laughs) when I was in college. That's always the real awkward part. (laughs) It's even worse in the morning when they do the walk of shame and you're like, salute, my dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But this brings us to October 31st of 2004. Oh, Halloween. Like I said, this is Spooktober, so this is a Halloween-focused episode. Let's go. So Lauren was asleep in her bedroom this night, and it was in the downstairs portion of the home. There was also a basement of the home, and it wasn't clear if she was on the main level or in the basement. So just for clarification. Basements, nope. Mm -mm. Yeah. Between 1.30 and 2 in the morning, she noticed that the security light behind their garage came on, and Lauren had a dog, and the dog was sleeping with her, and they also barked. But she didn't really hear anything or see anything, so she thought that it was one of Adrian's cats just tripping the light because I guess they were kind of inside and outside kitty cats. So she kind of just dismissed it and she started to go back to sleep. But soon after this, she heard the sound of glass breaking and of someone making their way up the stairs. With the glass breaking, like, I heard the glass breaking in one of the articles and not in another, so... I'm not sure. I'm going to take that with a grain of salt, but the rest of this is all, you know, clear across the board. Um, She thought it was Leslie's boyfriend, the one that had been over a few nights before. Mm -hmm, Make mm -hmm. that noise. (laughs) Making that noise. Right. She was kind of like, fucking again, really? But (laughs) again, they decided this was kosher and she didn't want to be wet like it. So she's like, whatever, fine. So she got her dog to quiet down and she tried to go back to sleep again. She did end up dozing off, but then she was woken up by terrifying noises throughout the house. In the interview that she did with ABC News, Lauren said, quote, I knew it was a blood-curdling, terrified scream. And Adrian kept screaming, oh my god, please help, please help, end quote. So literally, you're trying to sleep and you're woken up with that. Terrifying. Oh god. Absolutely terrifying. I, wow. Yeah. My heart is, like, pounding super hard. Oh, girl. It gets worse. So much worse. I think that's, like, one of my biggest fears mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. internal, like, invasion of my home. It's like, if you live with other people and it's happening, you can't do anything about it. Oh, my God. Like, I couldn't even imagine being in those shoes right. and knowing what's, like, not knowing the full details, but having an idea of what's exactly. going like, on. Exactly. Like, you know that something terrible is happening. Right. Regardless. And then to know that you haven't been touched yet, but they're probably coming after you next. Exactly. Like, that is exactly no. it. That's what, like, really terrifies me about this case. Oh, I got chills. Okay. So from here, Lauren opened her door, and it was pitch black downstairs. And, you know, she didn't want to draw attention to herself, so she's not going to turn the light on. But she ended up stopping herself. She just became frozen with fear just because the gravity of what's happening is hitting her. Like, someone is in the house. Something's happening. 
she listened for a moment, but then she heard whoever was in the house come barreling down the stairs. And she recalled the intruder breaking things as they were going down the stairs too. And she began to panic and she ran. But the problem is in her stress, she ran out the back door and there was only a six foot fence and she couldn't get out. So it doesn't sound like they had a gate or anything in the back door or in the backyard. So she had to hide. But luckily she did a very good job of concealing herself out there. So she just stayed there. She wasn't able to escape. She knew she wasn't. So she had to make herself as small as possible. So she managed to hide out there and she could hear the intruder struggling with the blinds in front of the house in the kitchen. So I'm not sure if that's how they had gotten in initially. I believe it is. But then they eventually, she heard them climbing out of the basement window and running off. So it's like they were trying to go through the kitchen window, couldn't get there, went out the basement window and she heard them run off. So they were in a panic to get themselves the fuck out of there. I don't think I've taken a breath since you said that. Dude, seriously, this case is wild. Like, I feel like I'm sitting in her shoes right now. Yeah. And, like, first off, I'm panicking, where's her dog? And how did it's, she keep her dog quiet? I thought the same thing, Because, like, if her dog was working anything before... anything that something happened to the dog, so as far as I know, they were okay. I'm going to say she's probably a beast and figured out how to keep her dog quiet, which right. I'm, like, mad props, one, because Dobby would well, not she do did. that. She got the dog to quiet down in the yeah. first place, so I imagine she did See, and again. Dobby won't do that, so I know that that's, no. that would be hard for me. Lisa loses everyone in the fucking right. mind. Like, right. if someone farts in the wind outside, <laughs> he hears it, he will go, he will lose his mind. <laughs> oh my gosh but holy cow the how was she so smart like i would I not be that smart in that situation exactly i'd be a fucking dumbass like having the wherewithal to realize that you made a mistake and you ran outside somewhere that you can't get out from but it's like you're not in the house so she just thinks okay i'm gonna hide i'm gonna just stay here until they leave or whatever but seriously and that's actually why i really like that i stumbled upon this article because it coming from her yeah. just makes it the gravity of it oh so much more I, as i mentioned she was hiding outside she heard the person go out the basement window and run off soon after she waited and it did get quiet she couldn't hear anything but then she started hearing adrian's cries for help so she was unsure if the person was actually gone she heard them run off but again it's like in that instance you don't Are know if there's sure? two of them. You don't know exactly. if there's more than two. Exactly. You don't know if they actually left. You don't right. know if that's one of your roommates that's left. You, like, right. Truthfully, there's like a thousand fucking questions. Exactly. And I don't blame her. Yes. But she still went inside the house and she tried to call 911. But when she tried to call, their line was dead. So I don't know if the person who did this cut the line or what happened. If it and was it's just strange because this is 2004. Crazy... So you would think they would have a cell phone too. Sorry. <laughs> Cut that out, dumbass. Sorry. Thinking it's ahead. just cell phones weren't glued to your hip at that time. So the line was dead when she tried to call 911, their landline. And again, not sure if it was cut by the intruder, but she went very quietly and made her way up the stairs to Adrian's room to try to help her friend, obviously. When she went into the room, she was met with a bloody scene, like an absolute massacre she found leslie so this was their third roommate that had joined them later she found her face down on the floor laying over a pile of clothes and lauren could see that she had been brutally stabbed all over her body she had wounds covering her upper body and arms all over them it was overkill to the nth degree adrian she found crouched behind her bed 
and she was still alive, but she was quickly bleeding out. Very quickly. And she too had multiple stab wounds. And Lauren recalled that Adrian was un- unable to speak at this point. So she had heard her crying out for help before, but in that short period of time, she already couldn't speak because oh. she was so mortally wounded. Lauren ended up making her way back downstairs and there was so much blood in the room that she slipped on it. She couldn't even walk without slipping. But she was able to locate her cell phone and she managed to call 911 at this time. But while she's providing information to the operator, her line also went dead. So I'm not sure if her battery died or something happened. I don't know. I don't think it was her battery though. But she started to worry that the killer could still be in the house because she didn't definitively prove that the house was clear. She was just trying to get to her friends to help them. So she ended up going to her car and calling 911 again on her cell phone while she drove away from the house to safety. That's smart. And I give her exactly. props Seriously, the fact that the she had to leave her friends. I know. Oof. But she knew that she's the only one right. that could give an account of what happened and actually right. like possibly figure out what the hell happened. Right. I have goosebumps. I know. My whole my body. body is like shivering right yeah, now. Same. Ooh. When paramedics got to the house, Leslie was unfortunately pronounced dead at the scene. Mm. Adrian was alive, but she unfortunately died soon after help arrived. I don't even know if she made it to the hospital, honestly. But when police and investigators arrived at the scene, they were completely taken aback by this scene. This wasn't common. It was Napa. Like, this did not yeah, happen. Yeah, Nap- Napa, here. this is not something yeah, that happens like, very it's often. Quiet. It is very homey community. Yeah. It's just not common. And prior to this, my sources said that there hadn't been a homicide reported in Napa in over two years. Yeah, it's One not common. Homicide. That's crazy. But they collected over 250 pieces of evidence from the scene, and they picked up even the smallest thing. So even like microscopic fibers. And they actually found cigarette butts around the house too. And this is, you know, when DNA is really starting to come Really up. take off. Exactly. And they actually thought that the suspect had likely waited outside and was smoking while they were waiting outside, waiting until the right time to strike. Hmm. Which, that gives me the heebs so much. Like, that's such a voyeuristic, creepy thing to think about. Uh, Okay. Police did believe that Leslie was the intended victim of the killings, as she was attacked especially viciously, and she was first to be attacked. The investigation showed that Leslie was likely asleep when the killer had first striked, but then she had gotten up and ran to Adrian's room, and she managed to make it there. And it also looked as though Adrian got up to try to help Leslie, which, again, such a badass. And she, when she heard the commotion, she heard Leslie coming in, and she knew that she was in the face of danger from what they could tell, and she still was trying to protect her friend. But she was unfortunately fatally stabbed as a result of this while they were investigating the scene they also found a drop of blood that they collected outside of the kitchen window so again that's when i said it seems like they came in through the kitchen window initially and that is the window that had been broken so that's why i said like one of my sources said that lauren heard glass breaking the other didn't but i feel like she wouldn't have reacted the way that she did if she had heard the glass breaking right but i don't i don't know maybe she thought it was leslie's boyfriend and he had dropped something Truthfully. Who knows? Because really, it's like, especially in a place like that, that's not going to be the first thing that comes to your mind. Mm, no. You know? So, I'm not sure. But they did test the blood 
and they were able to match it to a white male, likely of Northern European descent. Hmm. And they believed that this was likely the killer. So they just had to find a person to match it to, essentially. During the rest of the investigation, they interviewed over 1,300 people. Jeez Louise. Yeah. And over 200 DNA samples were collected. Whoa. But unfortunately, they didn't find a match in any of these DNA samples. Why does that always happen? I know. So fucking frustrating. While police were looking into the background of Adrian and Leslie, they found that Adrian had almost died at the age of 16. She was actually in a car accident, and her car rolled three times. And she ended up, like, going through the window and hitting her head on the pavement. And she ended up having brain damage and memory loss, but it only ended up being temporary. Thank goodness. And she actually ended up back in school within a few months. Wow. Again. Gosh, this girl's a badass. Seriously. And so she was a miracle. Devastating that she had to go the way she went after she survived something like that. Exactly. It's like the universe puts that in your path. You survive that. And then someone else just decides that they're going to come and take care of your choice of dying. Exactly. Rude. Have you been thinking of starting your own podcast? Try out Anchor. We use Anchor to post our episodes and it offers so many amazing benefits. First of all, it's completely free to use. Yes, I said free. It also helps you so you can upload your episodes straight from your app or your dashboard, which makes it super convenient and a one-stop shop. Anchor is a Spotify program, so that means your show will post to Spotify automatically. You also have the option to post to any other platform through the RSS feed. This gives you full range of all the podcast platforms to get your show out there. The best part is that Anchor gives you all of the analytics directly linked to their platform. So you can post, edit, and track your show's progress all in one place. Try Anchor today for free at anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. When she returned to school though, in her true badass fashion, because I'm going to keep saying it. Absolutely. She ended up being a star student, and she got a scholarship to California Polytechnic State University. And she pursued... Oh, Cal Poly here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she pursued engineering and ended up being hired by the city of Napa, like I had mentioned, after graduating college. Pretty much right away after she graduated from Damn. college. Damn. Bad girl. And just a few months before her death, she had celebrated the 10-year anniversary of her accident... And she was with friends, you know, celebrating the time, just celebrating being alive, mm-hmm. you know, and she's okay, she's thriving. And one of which, one of her friends that was celebrating with her was her friend Lily, who I had mentioned had come over when they moved and did kind of the homewarming party and everything. That will come into play. A bit after she started working for the city of Napa, Adrian began dating a man named Christian Lee. Their relationship was pretty rocky, though, unfortunately, she really wanted... A serious commitment and Christian wasn't ready for it. Again, I will preach this so the day I die. <laughs> Why are you getting in a relationship if that's not what you want? Exactly. If you just want to fuck around, just say it. Be a hoe. Say, I don't want a relationship. To me, relationship is serious. And it didn't say she was trying to get married. It no, just said but she, she wanted be, a serious commitment. Yeah. That was it. Just saying, like, this is it. We're it for now. Shake my damn We'll head. see where this goes. Exactly. People irritate me, but that's besides the point. Right. He wasn't ready for it. His prerogative, that's fine, whatever. But Adrian went to Christian's house that Halloween night after she had been handing out candy to the kids at their house. But they had argued while she was there, unfortunately. And it was just, you know, common argument about the state of their relationship and where she wanted to go. He did not. 
typical bullshit, you know. But she had told him that she met a guy at a party that she went to. Nothing happened, but she's just like, I'm just saying, like, I have met other guys. I can see other people if you don't want to bring this forward. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's what I gathered from, I'm, I'm making context of my own, but I'm here for that's it. what it seems like she was saying. But, of course, he got jealous. Like, either shit or get off the pot, okay? I don't like that saying. It's not my favorite, but it's No, but it's applicable to this exactly. situation and so many other dating don't situations. Her along. So, aside from the relationship drama that she had with Christian, Adrian really led a very quiet life. She had a very small, tight-knit group of friends. She didn't lead a high-risk lifestyle, anything like that. So, investigators are like, doesn't seem like she would be the target but again, I always hate that because it's generalizing and it's making assumptions about a person that just lost their life. Oh, absolutely. I have problems with that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm with you. Yeah. Leslie, their third roommate, was kind of the complete opposite <laughs> from Adrian. So this is in terms of her circle. She was wildly popular. She had tons of people who she considered close friends and she had a wide net of people in her life. And good for you, girl. She was, she was a force. Definitely. In a good way. Not in a bad way. But she had moved from Anderson, Cal- South Carolina. Cal Carolina. Cal oh Carolina. My, oh my brain is just... <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag shit Michelle says. Exactly. She moved from Anderson, South Carolina to California just a few months before she was killed. Leslie had actually been a pa- in the pageant circuit in South Carolina and she was touted as a beauty queen. Like, full-fledged beauty queen. Get which, it. Here for it. She was gorgeous. All of these women absolutely gorgeous but she had actually dabbled with the idea of becoming either a teacher or a lawyer but she couldn't really land on something she wanted to but it, it wasn't she didn't find passion in the ideas so she was the same which are two do. vastly different job titles too yeah exactly but that shows that she was ambitious and that mm-hmm. she was like sky's the limit for me and i seriously give her so many kudos for that but she, you know, she was young and she wanted to make sure that she was landing on something that she actually wanted to do, that she's passionate about, that she wanted to do as a career, mm-hmm. which I respect because we all know plenty of us did not do that <laughs> in our mid-20s. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Leslie's mother, Kathy, was living in Napa at this time and she had gone to Berkeley. And so Leslie thought that her... Jesus. Right, <laughs> and Leslie thought her mom, like, would be a good landing spot for her to try to help figure this out. And Kathy had actually kind of nudged Leslie to come out to California for that summer to help her kind of clear her head and come up Oof. with a plan. I wish she did not feel happy about that. Right. Soon after she arrived, though, Leslie fell in love with Napa. She felt right at home. And she went to actually apply at a winery that was owned by director Francis Ford Coppola, which I didn't even know. I didn't know he that even he had, had a winery. One. I'm like, okay. I'm over here like, wait. Right. What the heck? Exactly. I'm so but lost. She was actually hired immediately that day coming in. She was like just the type of person that they were looking for. She was bright. She was bubbly. She was outgoing. And it was just a perfect fit. And this actually sparked her desire to decide what she wanted to do with her life. And she decided to pursue the wine business because she, it was seriously like she just fit in and it fit like a glove for her. It takes a her. special person to get into that right. field. So exactly. But good do for her. It. Leslie's mom actually ended up relocating to Michigan and Leslie decided to stay behind. She loved Napa. She loved her job and her family didn't worry about her staying there by herself because Mm -hmm. it's Napa. It's a safe place. Leslie was definitely popular with men. 
like I said, drop I mean, dead gorgeous. When they're drop dead gorgeous, yeah, you can't say no. Right. And she actually always stayed on good terms with her exes too. There was wow, that's impressive because yeah. I sure shit yeah. don't. <laughs> she was just such from for all accounts, she just was such a sweet and warm person that. Yeah, she just didn't want to have bad blood. Shortly before Leslie had passed away, friends had visited her from South Carolina, and they had noted that she was dating two men at the same time, which sounds like she was honest about it. So, I mean, if you're honest about it, do it. Exactly. Like, if you're not keeping a secret from anyone else, it's your life. It's your prerogative. You do you, Mm -hmm, mm boo-boo. Just mm -hmm. don't, you know, don't try to keep it a secret. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all I have to say. Be a badass and talk about it. Exactly. But one of the men was older. And then the other man was younger, and it said that she was pretty serious about one of them. Didn't elaborate on which one on the article I read. But but she was the older one. That's right. They're really good in the sack. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Comic relief. The older man had stopped by one of the nights that the friends were out there, and I guess there were some flowers from the younger man in the house, and the older man was like, what the fuck? And he got real bad. Real mad. I just feel like you don't have the right to get mad. I know. Is it especially like they if you were not already exclusive? Know. And like I said, he knew about him. Because if he didn't know about him, that's another the story. flowers wouldn't have made a big fucking deal. Right. He obviously knew about him. So, and again, okay. it's her fucking life. It's her prerogative. And if she's told you, I don't see the problem. Kay. Exactly. Her friends said that she really was a heartbreaker, but an unintentional one. A very unintentional one. Like, she never had ill intentions or anything like that it was just her personality like people gravitated toward her and she was it seemed like she was very quick to realize if something wasn't for her and that's great i wish more people were like exactly because how many people do we know that sit here and stay in relationships because it's comfortable because it's easy because they feel like they have to raising my hand to that right i did it for 10 years it's a really bad idea (laughs) but you learn from it oh i did i did i'm just saying at the time it was a really bad idea Right. But she wasn't a user at all. She didn't try to manipulate anyone. She was always upfront and honest. But her friend said that she made anyone in her life feel like they were her best friend. Like Aww. they were important in her life. And I like that. A, yeah, that's a rare kind of human. Yeah, you don't get that very often. Exactly. While police continued their investigation, they found an email from an ex of Leslie's on her computer. Uh, they had actually broken up a few years before she died. So it was a long time ago, but he had proposed to her and she turned down his proposal. Yeah. Shot to the heart. And the email came through not long before she passed away. So naturally, it makes police stop. Question, for sure. So it sparked interest for them, nonetheless. And it was also discovered that she had been sent on a cruise by another man that she had been seeing and was also gifted a car from a different man. And she went to South Carolina for a friend's wedding shortly before she passed away. And she had expensive new luggage with her. That was also gifted to her. So wow. this girl made an impact. Sugar baby. And this is yeah, and this and is I love nothing. It. Exactly. And like this is nothing against her because she was no, not a user. Heck yeah. They wanted to do that. Take advantage of right. it. Heck yeah. Exactly. Run with you that do you, shit. I just want to be very clear because I hate when people try to victim blame and yeah. that is not no. what I'm doing. No. I'm just Going through what police found. I don't think that's the victim blaming at all. Like, I commend her because I wish that I had the balls to do that. Like, I have had many offers of men who are like, hey, I'll pay you $5,000 a week. And I'm not talking about through Instagram. I'm talking about I know these men. Right. And I'm like, ooh, you know, I don't have the balls to do it. Right. But thanks. And it sounds like she attracted kind of wealthier men. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And she was a class... Like, she was seriously so classically 
beautiful. And again, I'm not trying to just focus on looks, but it just I'm trying to paint a picture here. Right. Okay? Paint it. Paint it. Right. Girl. Paint it. Just painting it. I'm of thinking. who she was. Because that's what's important here, friends. Right. Who the victims were. Let's not forget. Love it. Here for it. <laughs> the same when... Wow. Oh, my God. You got this. It's like I literally start talking and my brain goes... Recalibrate <laughs> 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 your brain, you dumbass. Get it. Girl, girl, girl get it. <laughs> Sorry. So the same friend whose wedding she had went to, had gone to, attended... Words, if I could say Hung them. out at. Thank God. For? To party. <laughs> the same friend whose wedding she attended told police that the father of another man that Leslie had previously dated and ended things with had actually tried to reach her the night of Leslie's murder. Why is the dad? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is so fucking weird, man. But all of this to say there were many avenues for police to investigate, they felt like. And the more they looked into Adrian and Leslie, they felt it was more likely that Leslie was, in fact, the intended target. Well, I'm okay with that since you've done the research now. Instead of right. just assuming. Like they're, looking. they're looking. Right. But still, I feel like they're still making assumptions, you know? Well, kind of. I mean, just because she lived a lavish life exactly. and had these, like, men who bought her stuff doesn't she mean She casually dated, yeah. which is common in your 20s, man. Her damn prerogative. I wish I had casually dated in my 20s. But Same, but... Mm-hmm. Regardless, <laughs> like, this... I think they're losing sight of the fact that, like, you're trying to figure out who the main target is by looking through stuff... Right. ...in their life that they did on a daily basis that wasn't hurting anybody... Exactly. ...and that they excelled at. Right. And I feel like they were just trying to make it make sense because... Adrian did not live a high-risk lifestyle, so they're like, well, Leslie didn't really either, but if we're gonna split hairs, she did. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not here for it. Right. But they thought that maybe it was a man that had become really infatuated and possibly it's obsessed with It's very possible. Her. Exactly. It is. Because it does happen right. more often. And you have to look at everything. Right. All of the things. Right. They're very trying right. to figure right. the shit out. Lauren, though, as we remember, the surviving roommate, she had to wonder if the killer could be someone that she knew or that they knew. I don't blame her. That right. would be the first thing to come in my yeah, mind. Yeah, exactly. And she's obviously wondering... Were they planning on killing me too and they just didn't have the opportunity? I would absolutely be thinking the same thing. That's fair. Or they went in her room and realized she wasn't there. Oh, that makes my stomach turn. But in her interview with ABC News, she said, quote, It turns my world into looking around and having a suspicion about everybody. I was thinking everybody was a suspect. Any of my friends. Yeah, I'm with you. Right. And having to look at your friends and think, like, did you murder my roommates? My friends, because they were still friends. They weren't just roommates, you know? It's terrible. Oh, I feel for her. Right. Unfortunately, though, for several months after the murders, the investigation really kind of ground to a halt. They were still working it, but there was just nothing new coming about, and they couldn't actually find anything viable with the avenues they had taken so far. It sounds like they took some pretty detailed work, too, so. Yeah. Friends and family of Leslie and Adrian, though, felt like they had to continually fight to keep the investigation ongoing. And they had to really fight for their friend, their daughter, you know, all of that. And they refused to resign to the idea that this could be unsolved. They absolutely would not take that. And I love that. I love a strong family so much. I do, too. I'm here for it. Police decided to focus deeper on the two cigarette butts that they found. Because, again... This is very important. And I was like, uh, uh, blood? And they were able to get a profile of a person, but they just haven't been able to match it yet. Blood. Right. (laughs) 
Um, they were able to find, though, that the DNA from the cigarette butts matched the blood droplet that they found at the scene, too. So Say less. Clearly, this Let's is our suspect. run with it. Exactly. Lauren tried to rack her brain for any ideas or clues that could lead to a viable suspect. Because she's sitting here. She's terrified. She's petrified. She wants this to be done. And I don't blame her in the least. I would not be able to sleep until this person was caught at all. Mm-mm. After the DNA from the cigarettes, police told Lauren that the suspect was likely a smoker. No fucking shit. (laughs) But this actually made something come to Lauren's mind. She remembered that the celebration that she and Adrian had had when they first moved into the house, Eric Koppel, who was Lillian's boy, or who was Lily, sorry, Adrian's best friend's boyfriend. She recalled that Eric Koppel smoked. Koppel actually went on to marry Lily Prudhomme, who was Adrian's best friend. Lauren remembered Eric being very quiet and not really social at all. She brought him up to police and they realized that they hadn't tested his DNA yet. Why the fuck didn't they interview him? Wow. When I read this, my Big brain... ball dropped. Like, uh, seriously, when I read this, my brain turned red inside of my head. Behind my eyeballs, I saw fire. Again, I hate talking shit on law enforcement and I know we do it a lot, but we he, tend to have these cases where they right. just don't He was do it. in the circle and recently he was literally the At boyfriend slash fiance of Adrian's best friend. Like, that is definitely someone close enough that you should be interviewing. Right. That's not even like six degrees of separation. That's two degrees of separation. Are you fucking kidding me? Jesus. Seriously. So police tried to get in contact with Eric Koppel to no avail. Oh, of course Of not. course. They're like, hey, Eric. Um, it's like, you know Adrian? And like, you were at her house not long before she was murdered and you were smoking at her house. Um, could you just come talk to us? We need your DNA. No, get a search warrant for his fucking DNA. Come on. Right? I'm Seriously. with you. No, I'm Seriously. with you. 100%. Bleh. After more than a month of not being able to get in contact with him, Lauren kept pushing the fucking issue, which, good for her, Yes, 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 yes. Police decided to release pictures of the brand of the cigarettes that the killer smoked to the media. Why the fuck didn't you do that before? Mm. They were camel Turkish gold cigarettes. That is... Oh, that is not a common... That is not common. Uh -uh. Who the fuck smokes those? And I only know that because I used to work as a cashier and I had to work that counter because I was old enough. Right. And that is not one that I sold very often. No. And even then, even more so, this brand of cigarettes had only been released about four months before the murders happened. So seriously. Like the crush ones. (laughs) (laughs) They used to have the ball on the end that you crush. Gross. Friends and family of Eric Koppel quickly realized that those were the types of cigarettes that he smoked. A few days after the media released those details, Koppel turned himself in. On the oh, it's about family. fucking time. His family told him to. Good for so, his family. Not necessarily that he more so had remorse. But at least his family did. Exactly. Damn. And I'm, I'm here for it. good for them. Because that's, that's so hard. Seriously. That would be so difficult. <laughs> Trust me. the right thing to do. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I know, you know that girl. all too well. <laughs> yeah. Family and friends of Leslie and Adrian were irate because police never investigated Eric. I don't blame them. Yeah. I am with them on that. And just a reminder, they interviewed over 1,300 people. But yet you miss a second down the line person? Right. Exactly. Exactly. What the fuck? And hundreds of DNA samples were obtained and he was none of them. He was not careful about this at all. He didn't clean up after himself, clearly. He literally went in, committed these, left. He tried 
he did not try at all to clean up after himself mm. in the least. So it was I'm happy. absolutely ridiculous that it took over a year for him to be caught. Yeah, but, but I'm still happy he didn't clean up after himself. Exactly, yeah. I'm glad he was stupid. <laughs> Lauren, rightfully so, was in shock over this development. While he came to her mind, it still doesn't make it any easier. It still doesn't make you be like, okay. Well, and this I feel like something. they don't really have a reason either. Let's right. think about it. It's Lily's fiance, husband, whatever the hell he is. Okay, no, no, no. I know. I'm just yeah. saying, like, for right now, from what we know, right. I see where she's coming from exactly. because it's Lauren like, know. I've never seen any problem right. with him. Right. Like, and he had been at their fucking house. Right. Celebrating with them. And what's more is when Eric married Lily in January 2005. So this happened Halloween 2004. This is January 2005. Oh, a couple months later. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. He invited Adrian's mom, named Arlene Allen, to read an excerpt from the Bible to honor her late daughter at his and Lily's wedding. Ew, you despicable human being. What's more is the song She Will Be Loved, I'm assuming the Maroon 5 one, was also played in Adrian's honor. It was her favorite song. You despicable human. And there was a vigil that was held for Adrian, and he attended it. It was two weeks after the girls were attacked, and he went. I don't under... I don't don't get it. How the fuck are you okay with that? Uh Uh-huh. 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 I... No. No. Yeah. I'm I'm shutting my mouth. Arlene, Adrian's mom, she said that she never had a bad feeling about him, and that's... That makes it even tougher. She never thought that he was dangerous. She thought he was just quiet, but seemed like a nice guy, you know? And Lauren said now that when she would look, well, at this time, that when she would look at any photos of him, all she would see is a criminal. Whereas before, he was just a little shy, but he seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, makes sense. Right. It was also found that Coppo had written a suicide note before he had turned himself in. And it was found that he was apparently jealous of the close relationship that Lily and Adrian had. Are you fucking kidding me? Grow a pair and be a man. What are you doing? It seriously, there your is, face is exactly what my face did when I was doing this. There's no research. reason for that. I hate when guys get all pissy about best friends. Why like are you being a vagina. Dude. You're sad because you're probably doing shit and you're fucking up that she's gonna talk to her best friend about. So fix your shit. Fix well, your behavior. Not really that, but you have your own fucking friends. Like right. I hate relationships where they have to be like you are up each other's separate butts. Separate humans. Yeah, you have lives that exactly. don't have to do with the other exactly. one. I wish I had learned that myself sooner. <laughs> Fuck. By January of 2007, Eric Koppel had reached a plea deal with the DA. Oh, jeez. But he was sentenced to two life sentences without the possibility of parole. I think it's literally just to avoid the death penalty. Probably. Yeah. Usually so, if they get life like that, it's just mm-hmm. to avoid the death penalty on the table. Yep. In the victim impact statements that were presented during the sentencing hearing, Adrian's mother, Arlene, noted that she needed to be, that Adrian needed to be buried in a turtleneck to hide all of the wounds that she had because they were so many. And she said that she even counted the number of stab wounds that her daughter had. Oh my God. Just thinking about a mother doing that makes me sick (sighs) that she had to do that. It makes me absolutely sick. That's not the way that you should see your child for the exactly. last time. That is the last image that you have of your daughter. Oh, that's disgraceful. Not on her mom's part, but just on his part yeah. for, for doing that. Doing that in the first place. 
Leslie's mother, Kathy, wrote a letter that was over 13 pages. And I can't imagine just hearing that. I unfortunately didn't find any excerpts from it, but I can only imagine. Just I guarantee you that was really rough to sit yeah, there. Exactly. And of course, during the statements, Cobble wouldn't even look at them. Wouldn't even make eye contact. Why would he? Because he, he thinks he's so awesome. Right. Disgusting. Eric's wife, who again was Adrian's best friend, Lily, she also spoke at the sentencing. She explained that she was also grieving the loss of her friend along with her mother. But she also expressed support of her husband. She explained that it wasn't the same Eric that she knew. She said that there was, quote, nothing in this world that you could do that would make me love you less, end quote. What a fucking moral conundrum. I can't even talk about it because what I have to say is not... Oh, just say it, girl. I'll take it out if it's too much. (laughs) I do not understand these, and it's usually women. I rarely see it with men. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. These women who have these men in their life that they are literally so obsessed with that they can't believe that they could do something like this and they could not do any wrong. And then they sit here and defend the piece of shit that murdered not only your best friend, but murdered another woman in the house for no fucking reason. Exactly. Because he was jealous. Because he was mad because of you and your best friend's relationship. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not taking that out. Absolutely not. Because it's valid. It's like she can't let down the screen that she has. Like this. It's almost like Stockholm Syndrome, but like reverse in like a way. Right. Because you're not obviously being held captive and then you love them. But it is for all intents and purposes. I think he mentally did it. It's a psychological thing. Yeah. I think he mentally trapped her and she's literally, she truly. Cannot see outside right. of her, like you said, rose-colored glasses. Yeah, exactly. This is the man that I fell in love with. This right. is the man that he is. Right. No, it's not. He's a piece of shit. Right. And I try to put myself in the shoes of the person. You but know. seriously, like, I don't know how I would ever just be like, you. I can't love you any less. I would be like, nope, done with you. Get the fuck out of my life. I mean, unfortunately. I don't give a shit yeah. what kind of a husband, what kind of a partner you were. Mm-hmm. You murder someone that I love, that I care about. You murder my best friend. No, there's no forgiveness in that. No. And, and I'm not judging her. No. I really am not. No. But it's sad. I, it's it's unfortunate, too, because I have the same problem with my family right now with right. what we're going yes, through. And, yeah. like, seeing people be on her side and then seeing people such as myself who are not mm-hmm. and then watching it completely tear our family apart because yeah. those of us who are not in support of her are like, how can you support this? Right. How can you support this? I don't understand. I it. know. And it's like, because we see in our brains how we feel, but... We're not in the other person's mind, and it's so fucking difficult. It's so hard, and I don't mean to talk shit on her. I just really struggle with... I don't think you are. I think you're just, you know, getting at, like, the manipulation that can happen to people. And this is men and women. It happens both ways. Yeah, I just mostly see it with women, but, like, I just don't understand... Or, like, the women that marry men who are in prison for murder and stuff like that. I just... It's because they try to see past that aspect of them and i commend them for trying to see the person in general true however they took somebody's life exactly and no matter what you believe you can think of this however you want but that is the ultimate sin like truthfully not even religiously like just literally in general that is literally the ultimate betrayal to humankind that you can make yeah it's right wild so they're just trying to just see them as a person but that is part of their humanity that is part of their person 
you I know. It just frustrates me. Yeah. Oh, I'm right there with you. Right there with you. It's terrible. Eric also spoke during the hearing, and he apologized to the families. <laughs> he cited the death of his grandfather as the reason, or the catalyst, if you will, for committing the murders. He fell into a deep depression when his grandfather died, and he turned to alcohol, which... I'm sorry that that happened and that you were having trouble coping, but do not make that a fucking excuse for taking the lives of two women. Are you fucking kidding me? Absolutely Don't not. blame your grandfather passing away, because that's besmirching his name. Yes, I'm saying besmirching. Damn. Hit us with I'm it. I'm bringing it out. Hit us with it. Don't besmirch your grandfather like that, you piece of shit. Scallywag. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> So, like I said, he had become very depressed, started using alcohol as a coping mechanism. He was planning on committing suicide, which, like I said, they had found a suicide note before he turned him, or after he had turned himself in, they discovered it. But he decided to turn himself in so that there could be some resolution and closure to the case. Thank you for doing one fucking good thing in your life. It's not even a good thing. It's just doing the human thing. The right thing. thing. Yeah. The human thing. Lily did end up divorcing Eric later, but what's fucking weird is she kept his last name. I would literally want that gone from my life. I would never want to have that last name. That's not like it's a common last name. But yeah, I would personally want that last name out of my fucking yeah, life. Yeah, me too. I would not want that attached to me. Mm. All this to say, there was never a definitive motive that police stated in the attack. It was just speculation that he was jealous of Lily and Adrian's close friends. So he never came out and said why? No. Nope. Oh my god. So they just had to kind of surmise this. Not that I saw, at least I didn't see anything else. Oh, it's so frustrating. I know. I'm right there with you. It was found, though, that the initial date that he and Lily were supposed to get married was November 1st of 2004. The day after the murders. But Lily had actually called off the wedding shortly before. And some people wondered if she may have called it off after talking to Adrian, because she was her best friend. You know, they probably talked about all of that. She probably expressed her concerns, her hesitations with her, and the fact that she had concerns about Eric. That's why I'm also like, why did you defend him so fiercely? Why did you marry him? Get it? I know. But either way, people felt like Eric killing Adrian. It was a way for him to hurt Lily for calling off the wedding. That's what some people think. This is speculation, but it's honestly. Good point. Mm-hmm. Lily even interviewed with 48 Hours before Eric had turned himself in, so presumably before she knew that he committed the murders, and she explained how she hoped that Adrian had harmed her killer, and that's how the drop of blood was there, because she did. She fought back and she hurt him. Good. Again, badass. Gosh, these women were such badasses. But she thought it was outlandish that the suspect couldn't have been on anyone's radar and thought that they would have surely been acting different. Like, there's no way they could just be going on with their normal life. And yet you're sleeping in the same bed. Exactly. All the while, this was her soon-to-be husband. And I'm so heated. I know. And Koppel had no prior criminal record before this. Nothing. I he- that also frustrates me too when they only have like zero criminal record and Seriously, then boom, I murder go- somebody. Exactly. How do you go from zero to sixty? Huh. I don't understand it. Uh, especially this far into life. Usually people who do this start in their like late teens, right. early twenties. They don't get to like twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, right. and then they commit their first one. I think this is just a prime example of a man who doesn't know how to handle his emotions. We've said it so many times, kids. Teach your men to feel things. 
it is normal yeah. to feel things. It's a you're to allowed to your feel things. I feel like so many men feel like they're feelings. not allowed right. to express those feelings. Like they feel right. like like their spouse or their friends yeah. or their moms are like, no, 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 you can't do that. Exactly. And to anyone that's listening to this episode and you haven't listened to our other episodes, we talk about mental health feelings and stuff a lot. And we have said so much how men have been done such a disservice truly to have to stifle their emotions and not just feel them and acknowledge them and talk about them. And it's so ridiculous. And this is such a societal thing. And I'm not giving him a pass. No. I'm just saying this is what society has taught men to do. Yeah. And then unfortunately, women are the opposite. And we're told we're too emotional. Exactly. And You're on your lady time. Yeah. And ugh, fuck you. God, society needs to be canceled. Right. <laughs> right. So with this closure in mind, okay. remember, we have a survivor in this case. We do. We have Lauren. She explained to ABC News in the aftermath of the attack. And mind you, this interview was right after Eric Koppel had turned himself in. So this was before he had even been convicted. Oh, wait, no, he had been convicted. He had just been convicted. I apologize. Okay. But she said she constantly lived in fear. Completely understandable and still does. And she felt like she was living in a horror movie. And she constantly wondered what would have happened if she had gotten up to investigate the first time when she heard the first noise but passed it off as possibly Leslie's boyfriend. Or if she had let her dog out because her dog was, you know, making a ruckus. And she wonders, too, if she would have been killed. Absolutely. That would literally be in my brain all day, every day. I My heart hurts for her. Because that's a shitty situation to be in. Like, to, And I can't imagine You literally survived, didn't get stabbed right. once. Like. Right. And I'm curious, I need this man to talk because I need to know why, because he knew all three he knew of them she lived was there. there. I think that he tried to see if she was in her room and couldn't find her and he left. He didn't want to stick around. That's what I think. And That's I'm curious as to why he chose to go out a fucking window when he could have just walked out the door at that point. I don't even fucking know, man. He's an idiot. He's a fucking idiot. And right. I'm glad he's an idiot because that's why he's injured. Right. You know, but still, right. like, I don't know. Yeah. Ugh. Luckily, after all of this, I would assume some therapy. I don't know for certain, but she learned to cope and she, but the fear is still there. It's It's just not as constant as it was, luckily. Mm -hmm. So she's at least able to breathe easier. It's a form of PTSD at this point. She ended up relocating to LA and surprisingly enough, she actually said that she felt safer in a larger city where violence was more common because it's like you almost have your guard up more. That's fair. That's what I think. That's fair. Yeah. I get that. Of her lost roommates, Lauren said, quote, the girls added something to my life. I'll never forget that. It's just having that chunk gone is hard to fill. End quote. Mm. My heart breaks for her. Chills all over my body. So that is the story that I have for you today. I tried to break it up so it was at least a little bit easier to digest because it was a lot. Yeah, it was. But... I just really need to know, I need to get inside of his head and find out what the real reason was and why you had to kill both of them. Not yeah. that one was more than the other, but like, yeah. what was your thought process no, behind he this? he was a quiet bitch. And I think that Leslie's room was first upstairs, unfortunately, and she was just... Wasn't she the athlete too? No, Lauren was the athlete. Oh. Leslie was the one that was the pageant queen. Okay. And was working in the wine business. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And Adrian was the engineer. Oh. Yeah. God, I feel so, for their families. But I know. I'm just glad that they caught him, that yep. they have DNA evidence, and it's an open and shut case at this yeah. point. 
I just don't fucking know how they didn't catch him sooner. But in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that long when you think of other cases. But a year, seriously, he should have been fucking caught a week later. Oh, he should that. have, most definitely, yes. Right. But, yeah, I just hope that Lauren is thriving. It seems like she really is just keeping herself. I don't blame her. I would not want to relive this. I wouldn't want to keep talking yeah. about this. Because literally everything I found was from, like, 2004 to, like, 2008. And it's been hushed since then, and I don't blame her. No, absolutely not. I'm sure she's trying to just live her own life at this point, which, mad props. Yeah, she has to, because she has to move forward somehow. And Mm -hmm. she's never going to forget it, but she has to be able to at least, you know, have some quiet in her life and have some solace, you know? Yeah. I give her mad props, too, because I'd be jumpy as shit at night. Holy hell. Any noise, I'd be like, what the fuck? I know. But seriously, because of her, that's why they found him. Because if she hadn't brought that up mm-hmm. and brought up Eric smoking, they honestly that's what it was so weird. Never weird. even discovered that. It was so weird that you said it because I was thinking that same thing when you mentioned the cigarettes, and I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder which one of them was a smoker, like which guy was a smoker. And then you were yep. like, she thought about it, and then mm-hmm. she realized, and I was like, yes, girl, yep. that's what yep. I'm talking about. Exactly. Thinking so, with that true crime brain. Yep. So Lauren is a badass. Oh, absolutely. Either way, the wherewithal she had in that instance, and I give her props. Yes. I would have been murdered. I would have been murdered. Hands right. Down. I I don't know how I would have acted. And she really only froze for quick moments, and then, you know, she got herself out. And yeah, I know the survivor's guilt would be immense. I don't know how I would be able to cope with that. But at the end of the day, because she survived, it's probably the only reason it was solved. Truthfully, because if like, she had been murdered too, they probably wouldn't Exactly, because she's the one that brought Eric to the attention of the police. Yep. So, we hope you are doing well, Lauren. Yes. You are thriving and you are happy. She and being a bad ass. Right. And we hope the families of Adrian and Leslie are able to find peace somewhere. Absolutely. You know, it's never going to be okay. It's never going to go away. But at least they know the answers. Mm-hmm. And I hope that. Both of those women are resting peacefully. Me too. Me too. But thanks for bringing that to the table. Yeah. Some serious voices, a survivor story. Like, yep. I'm here for it. I know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. This one, like I said, you know I have my, my method for yes. choosing cases. And this one really just stuck out to me. And it's crazy because I had actually had a list of other cases that I was potentially going to cover for this month. And I found this one on a different, like I just decided to look at like another website and this one, I was like, nope, have to do this. Like, I have to do this. Yeah. I love it, though. I thought it was great. Thank you. I think this is our last Halloween one, because this will air the last week of October. Yeah, but I think you still need to do one. Another one, so that way we both have two. Technically, Slenderman was one for me. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'll leave it up to you. If you want to do another Halloween one, I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay. But that's what we have for you today, friends. Thanks for sharing. Hopefully this is like cohesive. I feel like my brain is all over the place. No, you did great. Okay, good. Go- thank why you. did I just say it like that? You did great. 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 So with that, we will ask very nicely if you would like to become a patron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we actually are doing a lot on our Patreon, you know, anymore. We're doing monthly bonus episodes right now because we we're kind of stretching ourselves too thin but we do extended show notes on our patreon that go with their main episodes those are to the public though but for patrons we also release main episodes the night before sometimes the afternoon before if i'm feeling froggy and i'm ahead of my editing game heck yeah (laughs) and like we said monthly bonus episode and if you have any ideas of what you would like to see on the patreon 
let us know. We're yeah. here. We're open to suggestions. Absolutely. Ping us. Yeah. Hit us up. We have a lot of fans that are pinging us lately. So Yeah. And we love it. Keep reaching out to us. Seriously, like, I will, I'm just saying, I will prioritize messages from people that are just listeners over, like, other podcasters anytime. We love our podcast friends. No, we do. We talk to them all the time. We do. But if I, I'm seeing, like, if I, if I had a short period of time to respond to messages, I would go to listeners first. Oh, absolutely. Always. And I think that would be any podcast, to be I honest. I hope so. I hope so, too. I sure hope so. But, but yeah, we love you guys. We want to hear from you. Yeah. We're here for it. All the ways to contact us are in the show notes and our Linktree link. If you have any case suggestions or have stories of your own that you want to send over to us that you'd like us to tell on the show, please email us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do in that. the nick of crime podcast at gmail.com. Threw it out for you. Gave you an easy pass. Look at the Linktree for everything else. Now that we're whispering. We are on the Instagram, the Twitters, the Tiki Talkies. Yeah, guys, we got a Twitter. We do. I'm like barely, barely doing anything with that Twitter. <laughs> Twitter we get, is weird to me. We I get just very exhausted from social media. We are not yeah. social media keyboard warriors no. over here. This is not our area, even though we're millennials and we should be, but we're just I feel like we're not bad millennials. Yeah. Well, well unless it was MySpace. I'm here with MySpace. Oh, yeah. I would I, code like, the shit out of things. with MySpace. Like, it was my life. If we still had one, I would be all over MySpace that. MySpace and LiveJournal, too. Oh, I, I didn't use LiveJournal. With LiveJournal. Oh, I totally did. I was, like, angsty little emo teenager that just all of her feelings out on LiveJournal, but I kept it all private, so. I had friends that, that, that could the see purpose. It. No, I had friends that could see it. Like, oh, okay. I would add them, and they could <laughs> see it, but the, like, general public, they probably gotcha. would have been concerned. Okay, that's fair. See, I was a, a chat room kid. That was oh. my thing. I loved chat rooms, which is yeah. very not safe, kids. Nope. Don't do it. Not safe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what like I was that thinking. Fucking chat roulette that used to be a thing back in the day. And now there's like uh was it like Boggle or like the one that's just like the random one and kids would be like and they're on camera with a fucking stranger oh, out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah, and no. there's like murders on that too. That's not a good idea, kids. Yeah, no, don't, don't do, do that. that. Don't don't follow a Netflix stuff. <laughs> so yeah, we're bad at social media. That's the moral of that story. We try. We try, but we hard. We really suck at it. So right. sorry guys, but we'll try to get better. We're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah. All that to say, still reach out to us. We'll still respond to you. Absolutely. We usually respond within a business day. Try to. Try to. We're very busy. <laughs> Unless it comes at night while we're both sleeping, because I'm a grandma and I go to bed at like seven, and Michelle is a night owl, but she's like decompressing yeah, until I turn like on midnight. My phone. my phone is literally always on do not disturb now. Like always. <laughs> I, it is. Every time I yeah. text you, it's got the little thing at the yeah, bottom. I have it like set to automatically turn on to do not disturb at 10 o'clock. So if I don't have it on already, it will just bing, and then it's on do not disturb until eight o'clock the next morning. Oh, yeah. Nope. I'm just asleep by 7 30, and I don't wake up for shit. I would be, but I feel like the nighttime is, like, the only time of my day that I can, like, control and have time to do things and just... Oh, see, I just like to sleep. I love sleeping. I do, too. Girl, I would love to just sleep all day, every day. Like, right now, I want to go to bed. With that, I'm going to say keep it creepy and stay freaky. (sighs) We'll see you guys next Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.